What's going on, everybody? This is the first edition of the TigerCast, where I talk to random people on Twitter over the internet about random things. Today, we have Mr. Faceberg. Mr. Faceberg is... He's a blend of e-business Twitter and weird esoteric, weird meme Twitter, and he's been a popular account for the past, uh, what would you say, two years? I think I started in October 2015, but the account really picked up, picked up speed probably two years ago after the election. Okay, so what, do you, what the man himself just said right there. And we're going to have a little discussion on whatever we think about and whatever we want to talk about. So, Facebook, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Just got done with the work week, so ready to check out for two more days and uh, do it again. Oh yeah, the life of the wage slave. Now, what I what I want what I want to talk about initially, and then we can kind of build from here, is that you have this Patreon account where you have mm -hmm. this you have this your your little your your little writing as a service. It's networking for needs. Can you give us some insight on networking for needs and what its benefits are? So my idea with that was to provide business advice that was unorthodox and wasn't available on the internet. Right. When I was going through university and even high school, I was getting outdated advice from you know parents that meant well or counselors that had no idea what they were talking about. Right, boomer blindness. Exactly. I mean, they mean well, but the be a doctor, lawyer, engineer path isn't the best path anymore. <laughs> what networking for needs is, it's a lot of information I've collected over the years through you know my first couple of years of work experience, also health things that I do that have improved my health. So it's just a way for me to share that information with a wider audience. Now, how do people get access to this networking for needs? Right now, it's just a $5 subscription per month that gets you access to all the articles as well as the ebook or the book that I'm writing when that comes out next year. So you get access to all of that. I also have uh, different tiers. I wish the counseling tier or the consulting tier I offer, I wish that was just a one time thing because I don't expect anyone to pay 50 a month. But, you know, there's different tiers and you can kind of pick and see which one would be the best fit for you. Of course, of course. Now, how did you get, how did you get, you touched on this when you talked about that. How did you get started in the whole corporate wage slavery system? I graduated college a few years ago and gotten really good grades, one of the top programs in the field I studied in, and I couldn't for the life of me find a full-time position after I graduated. And I ended up working a lot of part-time jobs, some full-time jobs that weren't very good. A long time to finally get things going because I didn't have access to very good information. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of, and then have you built your way up through your company or have you kind of been in, in the same general position the past couple of years? Usually I'll leave after a year if there's no opportunity for me to either make more money or take on more responsibility. Right. So right now I've done tech sales for a few years and I'm moving into actual programming. Okay. 
Now, um, change of pace. You, you cut out there for a sec. Can you, can you restate that? Uh, so I'm moving into programming next year as opposed to selling software. I want to be making it. So that's going to be a big change for me. <clears throat> Got you. Now, like I said in, in your introduction, you are, you're kind of at the crossroads of the whole eBiz online business Twitter and like the, mm -hmm. the, the weird right wing, whatever you want to call it, meme Twitter. Um, can you explain a bit more about about your thoughts on the e-business side of Twitter? Because I mean, I'm exposed to the meme Twitter. It's pretty funny, but you know, it's it's more just for humor and venting and just kind of having a good time. But the e-business Twitter is kind of a it's kind of a new phenomenon in terms of online community. Can you give your thoughts on that? Sure. So I got started as kind of a meme account following the election. Some of the kind of political, I don't want to call it discourse, but that sort of thing going on at the time. Yeah. My accounts kind of naturally evolved from that. I figured I'm spending so much time on Twitter, I might as well learn something from it. So mm -hmm. I started following a lot of the guys who were running successful businesses on it, seeing what I could learn from that and apply it to my own endeavors. Good, good. And have you found, what, what is your general take on the 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 health of the scene because i see a lot of people that you know they talk they knock at the the concept of the guru and that that whole sort of idea can you give your take on that there's definitely a lot of scams and a lot of uh, people just trying to promote a personal brand and trying to make money off stuff that really isn't helpful to people but yeah. there there are several accounts that or offer information that I think someone could find valuable. Definitely, definitely, because it's it's very weird with this. We're, we're kind of in the internet. We're, we're we're the we're the I don't want to say founding fathers because we didn't actually make it, but we're like the the first generation to be on the internet and to start making money exclusively through the internet. So I think it's 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 almost like the wild west in a sense where there's no structure, there's no huge regulations that have been put down yet say for like you know excluding for amazon like in our sphere is what i'm talking about the twitter sphere. it's it's definitely looking that way a lot of people kind of outside of twitter outside of the internet who just use social media they they don't realize you can make money online outside of on craigslist and ebay yeah. so there's there's websites you can go on. Um, I think it's called Empire Flippers. There's websites selling for millions of dollars, and so it's a very viable business model that not only gives you ownership over something, but you're able to create an asset you can eventually sell for multiples of the revenue you're bringing in. Exactly, and I th building off that point, I think it's so weird how we're we, so many the mass majority of people use Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff, but they don't use it for any productive purpose whatsoever. They just use it for the to just fulfill the most base dopamine instincts. And I guess, I, I guess finding, you know, finding the value in this, this corner of Twitter where people are making money, people are like, although the, the advice kind of gets trite and, you know, you hear the same thing 50 times, like it is good advice, you know, and like, I think I think it's an unsung gem of the current internet era, which is kind of desolate in some senses. I definitely agree. I figure anyone using social media uh, might as well 
be getting something out of it. So if you can learn something through it, like I had a post, I think last night on how video games can teach people things that are tangential to the themes in the game. Right. All these opportunities for learning that are there that people just need to look for and take advantage of. Right. Like uh, I used to play Counter-Strike a bunch, right? And mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people think it's just like shoot people and add and whatnot. And that is, that is a huge aspect. If you're just a casual, like that space of all boils down to. But if you want to play with a team of... So, the audio crashed. Apparently, I need to buy the freaking software. I can't just run the trial forever. So, fair game, fair game. But we were talking about video games and how skills in video games can be applicable to real life. So, Facebook, what were you talking about that? So, I think I had mentioned that there was an aspect of games called tangential learning. There's a few videos on YouTube about this, but essentially a topic in a video game will catch your interest and then you'll go on and research that on your own and learn something that has a real world application. Mm. So like bartering or like in Skyrim speech, persuasion, whatnot. Something to that effect. Like I mentioned, FPS players, they tend to know a lot about guns, even if they don't own one, and that's useful knowledge. That's very true for me, actually. Playing a lot of Call of Duty and whatnot, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of Call of Duty, a lot of CSGO, like, you know what, you know what bullet, the, the AK fires, even if you've never shot one in your life, you know how many rounds there's in the magazine, you know how fast it fires. Exactly. Lots of, lots of weird stuff. Do you think there's any, what, do you, what is your take on video games as a whole? As a whole, I prefer them to more passive entertainment like TV or film or just listening to music. You're really better off reading books, but sometimes you just need some downtime. And I think they can be useful, both not so much in a learning way, because books are better for that, but they're good to bond with friends online or just hang out. Yeah, I've met a lot of my great online friends through video games. I think. I think an idea would be to possibly limit the age. Like it, this, it's very hard to do this, but like somehow limit the age. I guess through just like a generation or two of parenting, on who who can play the game. You know, so I think I think Fortnite for children. I think that might have a negative effect. We have yet to see what that's gonna do to this younger generation. But if you're twenty and you're playing like. I don't know, you're playing like a strategy game or you're playing your, your Counter-Strike or your Final Fantasy, like, and you have like a, a, a fairly successful outside life and then, you know, it's not taking away time from your other, from real life activities. Is it really that bad? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I know they've become popular to hate online. People say you shouldn't be playing them and mm -hmm. there is some truth to that, but it's no worse than watching three hours on Sunday or something like that. People still watch TV. That's so weird to me. Yeah, I don't even have one. Uh, good. <laughs> I feel that should be that should be the, the next step everyone takes. Right here, if you're listening to this podcast, if you have a TV, throw it out. Okay. There's, uh, there's little good from it. You, you said something about video games a couple weeks ago that spoke to me. How you said... When you got when when you would pick up something along the lines of when you would pick up a potion or something in, in Skyrim or RuneScape, like you wouldn't want to use it 
because of of scarcity mindset or something like that. And that's exactly scarily how I would think in in those games. RPGs specifically the harder ones they definitely promote you're familiar with like low time preference high time preference that concept yeah RPG will promote a low time preference mindset in a player if they want to be successful because you never know when you need an item for later when you need to cast a spell later especially if you're in some dungeon you don't know what's around the corner or if the boss is going to be hard so there's definitely a um, something that it promotes that makes you conserve your resources and focus more on the future than immediate gratification. Right, right. Do you think? Do you think there's any like somebody somebody else tweeted like this that there's a there's kind of a stagnation in genre in a sense. Like there hasn't been that many advancements in in the game genre. Like I guess they're saying VR, but like. There hasn't been a new genre since you know what, what like the early two thousands maybe late nineties. Do you think do you think there will ever be a new genre or a huge breakthrough, and except and you know more less of on the lines of like better graphics and more of like paradigm shifting, you know mechanics and whatnot. Definitely be interesting to see what happens. I mean, the industry knows what genres sell the best, and that's why we see so many open world games. But what I think will be interesting, I know Hideo Kojima is coming out with Death Stranding soon, and he says that's going to be an entirely new, different kind of game. So if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be him. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a Kojima you know, expert or anything. I've only played... I'm a pleb in the sense I only played that the newest Metal Gear Solid, and I—I I mean I loved it, but I'm not like super deep into his his mythos and whatnot. But I, I I can tell he has a sense that he he treats games kind of on a higher level than the average American consumer developer, so I can appreciate that from that man. He not definitely makes them for himself, not a <laughs> publisher or um, an audience. There yeah. there's some parts of like Metal Gear Four. It just goes on for hours, and you can't do anything. You just have to watch it. Well, then. <laughs> if, it, if, the, if the games are consistent quality, then, like, you know, be my guest. Do that shit. Now, something else that, you know, it's, it is November. It is the time of the NoFap. And you have been uh, pretty pretty vocal in, in your, you know, not, not, just, not just this month. You... You're you're one of the classic anti-Reddit accounts in general, but this month especially, it just seems like there's an odd rebellion to NoFap that we haven't seen. Like last year, I don't think this happened, where all the porn companies were like, NoFap is bad, NoFap, or uh, NoFap doesn't give men an outlet to release their aggression and whatnot. Like, w what the hell's going on with this? Noticed it break mainstream last year when I noticed my friends were talking about it and before then that was just something on the internet i'd followed from i think starting in 2011 was when i first came across it and so it usually takes about a year after my friends talk about something for it to be completely mainstream mm -hmm. and so i think the you know adult companies have definitely caught wind of it and they notice that their revenues or ad revenues decline in november and they're probably just worried about that yeah, it's probably just highly cynical, but 
it's so weird how the how they'll go on the Twitter and post all this stuff, and then it, it, it's honestly funny to see just the just all these all, all the people all these anons from weird Twitter just ravage these ex hamster accounts and whatnot. It's it's quite the sight. I mean, people's mileage is going to vary with it, but you don't know unless you try it. Yeah. A lot of the people who criticize it or don't believe it works either can't do it or won't do it. So, have you, it's ha really, do you have an experience with that? I've been doing that on and off, uh, I think since 2011. Yeah. Do you know, do you notice any benefits? Absolutely. The, um, the first thing you'll see is there's a change in people's eyes kind of sounds. There's definitely more brightness. The eyes lighten up as well, but there, there's definitely a lot of good, physiological changes yeah what about um let's see what about the any physiological changes because when i when i do it i feel i have like way more vitality i i, I focus better um when i go to the gym it feels it feels better my just my lifts feel stronger um, I'm I, I'm less anxious around people when I'm in when I'm in discussion or not when I'm not masturbating. Do you do you, do you find those effects similar? I would definitely say they're similar. This this practice really goes back uh, to probably twenty five hundred years. You can find old Hindu texts, old Buddhist texts about this, as well as some in ancient Greece. And so it's really not something new. It's just been rebranded and repackaged for present day. Yeah. Yes, I mean the the Catholic Church. It does, doesn't the Catholic Church have a have a doctrine against masturbation? I know the previous popes. They were pretty uh, vocal about abstinence and uh, forgot the other word, constinence. Yeah, for, for all I can see, this new pope doesn't count. So we'll take the uh, we'll take the other. Yeah, guy's I, word. I, I, I wouldn't count him. <laughs> we'll take the other guy's word. So, but. In terms of more like the uh, the community aspect of it, like how how it, it's it's almost like a partisan issue at this point, um, with the what what do you, what do you take on that with like the porn companies being so adamant that these people are you know just not masturbating and then they're making up all this like all this fake information and whatnot like oh it's it's healthy and all that shit and it's clearly not. If anybody who has tried NoFap can attest to that, what are your thoughts on that? In terms of the companies providing this stuff, initially, I just think they're worried about their sites making less money. We can go into conspiracy theories, and there's definitely some truth to those about do with promoting that sort of stuff. But I think initially, they're worried about their revenues declining in November. Yeah, that's probably... Probably the most most cynical reason for all of this. They're, um, they're still businesses at the end of the day. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, have you seen that account Woke Capital at all? I used to follow them until they got banned or something. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, like that, that's, that's pretty eye-opening because I knew, I, you know, I knew about, you know, the, the, the corporate, what would you call it? Like corporate... I usually just call it the monoculture. Yeah, like the corporate monoculture. And then it's so obvious how they just pander to these supposedly anti-capitalist 
you know, the whole anti-capitalist people. And they're like, you know, it's like JP Morgan, like, we support your rights. You know, it's just the most obvious, like, come on, come on, mate. People misdirect their anger towards the political system when it should be towards these corporations that have a lot more influence on your life. Exactly. Exactly. What, 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 just, just speaking from experience, what do you think has affected you more, the, the political system or the banks throughout your whole life? What do you mean in, term of the, in terms of the banks? Like in terms of, like, uh, maybe not the banks, but just the whole, the whole corporatist system as a whole or the whole political lawmaking system as a whole. What about those two? The political and lawmaking system that exists just to support the corporate system, they work hand in hand. They're fairly indistinguishable at this point. Mm -hmm. Now, something that you talk about that nobody nobody else really talks about, and I mean, it's kind of a meme, but there's also, but I, I suspect there's a bit of a grain of truth to it, is neat dumb, right? Can you explain, can you explain being a neat in a sense, for, for people that are unaware of that term? So the term need, I think it comes from the British government. It means not in employment, education, or training. So someone who's basically dropped out of the labor and education market. So what I did with need and what I'm trying to do with need is make it into more of a you know, self-employed, man type thing where you're out of education you're out of employment because you're making it on your own you're out of structures and you're kind of into you built your own structure and you've abandoned the the mega structures is what is what i guess you're trying to say yes exactly so if someone were to ask me what are the two types of people i would say there's consumers and creators mm -hmm. so i want people and I'm working on it myself too, to be more creators than consumers. Right. And that, that's something I found with the whole, the whole drop shipping community, the whole, you know, that, that section specifically of the, of the e-business Twitter is to me, it boils down to drop shippers are, they're exploiting consumerism. That's, that's what I've basically, it's not like other online businesses, like, you know, like blogging or making fitness programs or like helping people with their relationships or showing people how to start a business or whatnot. Dropshipping is just straight up aiding the consumerism. And I think there's a couple other um, sects in this online business area of Twitter that are similar to that. Do you have any thoughts on the whole dropshipping aspect and the whole, you know, aiding consumerism aspect? to get into drop shipping i'm going to take one of the guy on twitter's courses pretty soon hmm. but i think it's i think it's a great way to get into e-commerce essentially if you can sell someone else's product you can probably go ahead and make your own product but if you can't sell someone else's product you probably shouldn't specific niche so it's a really good way to make a legitimate e-business because like i said there's drop shipping sites selling right now for hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars right i, I do it, it i do think it's good because in a sense because you know like you said it teaches the fundamentals you know you don't have to buy an inventory you can you i mean there's probably websites that tell you which products are the best 
So you can basically just practice. It's basically just a vehicle to practice selling in a sense. Exactly. And you don't have to create content. That's the biggest thing. When you're doing a blog or making a YouTube channel, you have to constantly create new stuff to keep your viewership engaged and grow your viewership. Whereas a drop shipping site or an e-commerce site with your own product, you make money while you're asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Do you eventually want to completely get out of the, uh, the workforce and become a, a neat living off online income? Is that your goal? That, that would be my goal. I'm going to continue working, find the most lucrative job I can and use that to fund business expenses outside of what I need to live. And hopefully I can build a few second, third streams of income where I can eventually leave that, sell those businesses and live off capital gains. Nice. Nice. Now, what is your, what is your lifestyle like right now? Do you, do you go out to bars? Do you, do you do any like, I don't know. Well, just you tell me what your lifestyle is like, because obviously I don't know, and I'm asking the question. Right now, since I've taken this job I'm about to leave, I've been doing that for about a year. That's before sunup to after sundown. I get home about two hours before I have to go to sleep and do it again. So, so you, hasn't left a lot of time for anything else. Doesn't leave, yeah, doesn't leave a lot of time. That's that's very interesting. And that's just and is that just five days a week or so? Five days a week, uh, get to work from home some days. But yeah, I've been doing that for a year and don't want to do it anymore. What's your commute like, man? That's really bad. So get up like 4 a.m. usually. It takes an hour and a half to get there. On the way home, it's twice that. So just listen to audiobooks and zone out Jesus. and not think about it. Jesus. Uh, how, how can you do that without audiobooks? really can i he can't i listen to the radio sometimes and it's the same hundred songs or so but audiobooks have been very valuable that way i can kind of turn this what would be a waste of time into something educational yeah yeah now damn <laughs> uh, yeah. imagine all the people that do that and just sit there with no no other uh, no other stimulus and just wait for you know nearly three hours that's probably the majority, or actually the majority would probably pay for rent in that city and not save any income. Do you, do you think that's a, that's a legitimate way to save? You, would you rather, you know, between renting in a city and you, know, you don't, your commute, do you think the commute is worth it, basically, with the, with the money you save? No, I don't think it's worth in terms of time investment. If you can live in the city and... Get it. I don't want roommates, so that's why I did it. Okay. So, but if, if you're fine with living with roommates and getting your rent down as much as possible and saving more, I would do that. Because the, the time exchange where you're just sitting in a car for hours isn't worth it. You could be going to the gym. You could be building a business on, on the side with that amount of time. What's the, like, I, I think you made a tweet about this before, how, like, the urban thought is the only person that actually enjoys what's going, what's happening around them. Can you expand on that point? Because I found that really interesting. Finding that these cities people move to, you know, the larger American cities, Los Angeles, I haven't been to New York, but that would be one of them. They do seem built for women in a way where they seem to be the only people who, 
being there and benefiting from the services and products that it provides. Really, what advantage does a city have over a suburb or a rural area where you're going to get a much better quality of life? Yeah, it's. I've never, I, I've never liked the city. I live somewhat near a city, and every single time, a rather large city, and every single time I go there, I, I don't like. I just, I just don't like it. It's, it's. It, maybe it's an aesthetic thing. Maybe it's just like a vibrational thing. But I, I just simply do not like the city. Most American cities are completely unlivable. The closest thing to American, uh, a European city, and it's sad to say, is San Francisco. Really? Where you can walk. Yeah, you can walk most of it. The weather's good. And it has a ton of problems, but it's still a more traditional city than something like Los Angeles. Yeah. Well, I, I was recently in San Francisco, and that was, that was an interesting experience, to say the least. But, it's definitely a strange place. Yeah, no, definitely. But just just purely from the characters that you see walking around, like disregard disregard the infrastructure and the government and the the actual problems. Just the people you see are like, you're like, wow, okay. It's this a bit bizarre. Matter. Same with Portland too. I haven't been to Seattle, but I'd imagine it's similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, see that, and then every single time you look up. You know, a city in, you know, see Dubrovnik, Croatia, or just any city in Italy or something like that, or Germany, and you see, like, you know, the the brick buildings and the, the, you know, the cafes on the street, no cars, cobblestone streets, beautiful art everywhere, you know, it, you, and then you just go outside and look, and you're just like, what the hell, what the hell happened? What yeah, that's really all I want from a city, and you can't find that in North America outside of maybe Quebec City. It's just like that. That 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 part of America is grating to me, honestly. Like, there's lots of good things about this country, but the architecture part just kills me every single time I see any other European architecture, or even Asian. You know, Japan, even some parts of China. You're like, huh. Why can't we have that? There's definitely an older history in those places. The biggest complaint I have is the reliance on the car. Hmm. The country's so big, they kind of built it as far away from everything. Yeah. Cool. It's not, it's not, it, it's packed together in certain areas, but it's not packed together nicely. It's almost like we're going to pack it together, but you're still going to have a car everywhere. I wish they'd build a decent rail system because the current one they have takes just as long as driving. No, how, what? <laughs> See, come on, fix your shit, America. Fix your shit. No, I think think they don't want to because they want to keep pushing the automobiles. And there's probably something to that. Probably something to that. Probably something with oil. Yeah, definitely something with oil. Now, you said you said you're writing a book. Um, you, uh, can you can you explain to me what that book is about? Will and will will it cover these topics that we've talked about already? When you know city aesthetics, the the neat life, corporatism, all that stuff. So I have three main characters currently that cover a different aspect of what we talked about. Hmm. So I have the main character is going to be this wage slave type character working for a software company. 
and then his friend's going to be a neat. And so I'm going to contrast their two lifestyles. Interesting. I did not know it was a fiction book. That's interesting. Yeah, I definitely decided to go uh, go towards fiction. I didn't want to be preachy or anything, writing a nonfiction book and saying, oh, you need to think this way. You need to believe in this. So I thought writing a fiction book, um, I don't know if you've read Siddhartha, but that's able to teach the Buddhist message he wrote about through a story. Yeah, same with like the Old Testament and whatnot, where it's told through a story and you can extract the wisdom as you read it. Yes, exactly. The, see, it's it's weird. All the knowledge we get today is from nonfiction, hyper-reductionist sources, whereas all the knowledge from the past was in the form of a story. And the people then, well, I assume they, they felt better in their day-to-day -day life, just doing things and whatnot. Maybe that's a sign of something. Reading comprehension is so low nowadays. People need to be told bluntly oh, yeah. the information you want. And so a lot of story form instructional stuff is lost. Have you have you said or read any of Dasein's tweets where he's in class and these kids ask the most like base questions and then they also you know they have their book report and it's just filled with grammatical errors and the syntax is all fucked up and you're like dude this is this is like juniors in college what what happened that's got the like silhouette for his avatar yeah the dose of percocets i don't know anyone's name i just recognize him by the avatar okay okay, okay. yeah he's the it's like the the black wojack thing yeah, he has the best um frescoes the the red frog guy did he start the fresco definitely popularized it on twitter okay and then now see like to, to me I, it like pepe kind of fucking died i like it's it's still used a bit but it's not used as like a main meme anymore i, I see those brain dead wojacks way more wojack definitely has more adaptability i don't think pepe's dead it'll always be around it's just something that's Oh yeah, gonna no. be around as long as the internet is. Yeah, I know Pepe. It, it I, I mean, it, I, I definitely think it peaked in 2016, but now it's just like a, it's almost like the letter A in meme language, where it's just it's just a staple. It's not gonna peak anytime soon, but it's always going to be there. It's interesting as he changes emotion every couple of years. So during the election, he had the smirk. Now he's back to being sad. So it kind of reflects the a, the mood of the times. Yeah, is it like a what would you call it? Like a, a, a fuck temperature stick, or whatever. Like a temperature gauge of the of the public consciousness on Twitter. Right? I very much agree with that. I mean, I used horrible language right there, but you know the point got across. I'm loving the new the new brain dead the brain dead Wojak uh, trend. And I, uh, I saw you use mine in something about you were you were nagging on uh, potheads, and I I want this trend to stay. I love this trend. There's so many variations you can do with it. You can literally apply it to any scenario you come across. Yeah, it's it's the Swiss Army knife of memes, and I think it's great. The NPC meme, like that that I thought that was gonna last longer in a sense. They killed it by making it about politics when it was never about politics to begin with. Yeah. Like a lot, like, that's what happened. I, I remember, what, what was it? It was like August, right? And you, you popularized it, but 
you know, it was never about politics. It was more about just people plugged into the culture, right? And people enslaving, right? Well, plugged into the matrix, so to speak. I never made it about politics. You can go through all the old NPC posts. There's nothing political in us. Yeah, and then the mainstream grabbed it, and then they were just they they just wrecked that. Like people's the, people's AVIs switched to them and with M the NPC face. They put CNN in the NPC face, and I just thought this 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 is gonna die. This is gonna die. The mainstream wants to make everything about Republicans and Democrats and left and right. They don't want you to look outside that or attack outside that. And that's why when you have memes like the NPC thing or you have the NoFap November, that's when they get mad because that's actually attacking the, the substructure. Yeah, the sort of structures they built to keep you down, so to speak. Yeah, they get really mad at that. What I noticed with the media too is that this is just a thought I had in that like, you know, say they say there's... You know, just 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 to simplify everything, say there's two hundred issues, right? That on every every year there's two hundred issues, and the media put and like, let's just say like ninety eight percent of these are like very minuscule, like no no impact to you as a person, in reality. How how are you gonna like someone uh, if if you if you go through that for like multiple decades, right? If you're a boomer and you've tuned into. Fox News, NBC, CBS, CNN, every day of your life since like 1980, right? And you, you have all these different opinions on all these different topics that just built up inside you. How, how are you going to connect with somebody else, truthfully? Can't. People won't admit they're wrong. And when you're so ingrained in your beliefs that aren't even your own, they're from exogenous sources, you're not going to really ever adopt or even look at any alternative points of view. No, it's quite it's quite the dilemma do, do you think do you think it's going to end like explosive do you think this whole cultural thing is going to end explosively or you think it's just going to kind of like there's going to be a really long drawn out ugly but not like hyper physical or dangerous thing and it's just going to drag drag out and just get really like i, I don't want to say dystopian but just 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 dehumanizing in a sense as long as they can keep coming up with new ways to anesthetize people, either through electronics or pharmaceuticals, they can keep tightening the screws and keeping everything together. Okay, so you you don't really subscribe to the idea that everything's going to collapse. No, they're just going to come out with new and better quote forms of in line forms of control and whatnot. Yeah, more or less. Do you think they'll ever? Do you think they'll ever get into memes? As like I mean, a, if you think if you think about it, they they have their own memes. Like, you know, X is a social construct. They have things that people repeat unconsciously mm. that they've been told that they really have never looked at critically. That's a, that's an interesting idea. A lot of the postmodernist ideals they might, they might not be frogs but they're definitely sayings you've been heard repeated for a hundred years that people yeah. believe instinctually definitely definitely what what is your take on the whole uh the whole weird twitter climate right now like more the more, more the less less the you know the, the culture as a whole but more of just our little weird side of twitter i feel after the election 
the, the it kind of it, it kind of got it kind of died down like a, a scary amount. The fervor isn't there anymore. It's probably good the fervor isn't there. I don't think it's good to be too excited about some change in politics because it's really all the same thing at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. It's quieter around the place. That's why I've been looking into different sub communities on there and finding a lot of value there as well. Yes. Now, in your master plan, in Facebook's master plan of breaking out of wage slavery and becoming a neat, does this involve mm -hmm. moving from America? I don't know. I've really only been places in North America, so it's kind of hard to say if I'd like somewhere overseas better outside of what I think I know about it. Yeah. I'm not going to do some digital nomad thing or anything like that. I'm going to have a post on that soon, but really the problem with that is these guys are only making a couple grand a month, and while it's enough to live really well in Thailand or Bulgaria, you're not saving anything for retirement. Mm, that's a good idea. Essentially, you're forced to live in the nicest parts of those countries because the bad parts of those countries make pretty much everywhere in America look nice. Yeah, like, <laughs> Thai, let's say, like Thailand, the bad parts of Eastern Europe, like nobody's going to want to go there. Nobody's going to want to go there. Yeah, like in the U.S. at least, a couple Russian guys won't shake you down for more rent money with baseball bats. Yeah. But in Eastern Europe, uh, it that's could just, happen. That's just the way of life in Eastern yeah. Europe. So people kind of get these fantasies in their head that overseas is better. And it does have a lot of advantages. And the grass may be greener for, for you or for anyone else. But it's definitely more important to live there for maybe a month before making the jump. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have, they just see the pictures on the internet, but they haven't smelt it, felt it, walked through it. None of that. I think a lot of it's just the sex tourism thing, which is kind of gross, but that's probably the people's main motivating factor why they go to those countries. Is that what you call it? Sex tourism? That's what the official it? word for it, but yeah, well, I guess that's what I call it. Like, Dude, you have to go to... You have to go to Croatia because the women there are really hot and they're super feminine, right? And the, the, the ones that are going to hook up with an American aren't the ones probably worth your time. No. No, 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 no. Especially if Same you, with any if, country. Especially if, you, if it's your first time there and you like walk into the club and you're like, hey, I'm an American. Like all the good girls will be like, uh, go away. No, no one would care. Nobody would. Okay. Now, we'll hit one more topic, and then we will uh, we'll sign off and say our goodbyes. That sounds good. Now, what? Can you talk about corporate life? We're going to circle back to corporate life again. Can you talk about that in in kind of a holistic sense, and and the health of a society that this this corporate system has on everyday people who aren't as you know, I. I I feel people like you and me and a lot of people on the on the weird Twitter are somewhat insulated. Mm. Even if we are wage slaves, we are insulated from some of the true horrors because we're aware. We know what's going on, and you know we know we know when to put effort in. We know when to not put effort in. We know when to like tune out things. But those who are just fully plugged in, like what what do you think that's gonna have on holistic society as a whole within the next ten twenty years? It's the number one 
thing people need to understand about corporate America is that it's something relatively new. Mm-hmm. Structure, the office work, that didn't really exist 100 years ago. And so working at some job for a salary is new in that regard. Right, right. Health effects. I mean, I've just seen my own parents, other people's parents, they spend you know, their whole lives at these companies. These companies don't give a fuck about them. Their health declines and they develop chronic diseases. They get on a lifetime prescription of medication, which is what the companies want to get you on. And it just grinds people down. Uh, explain that a bit more. So the, I, I, I'm not, I'm obviously not in a corporate workforce and I'm, I'm rather young, very young. So I don't, I don't understand the whole aspect of that. So do, do the corporations themselves put you on medication through like doctor's orders and whatnot? No, essentially the lifestyle you lead when you're working, it's usually not even nine to five. I don't know where that comes from. It's eight to five usually, and usually more than that. So essentially you develop these chronic diseases. So there's chronic diseases and but non-chronic diseases, that's like the flu. But a chronic disease or lifestyle disease, that's one you contract over over time. I think that's right. I forgot yeah. all my medicine. Yeah, but that's like your diabetes, heart disease. Crohn's disease, cancers, those types of things. Exactly. So those are caused by lifestyle. They, they call them lifestyle choices, but a lot of people are kind of forced into some of them. And essentially, they're, you can't really get cured from them. Right. So they put you on this medication that just treats the symptoms. Right. And that's basically useless in the long run. Yeah, but it makes you a reoccurring customer because if they, if they cured you, you'd only buy the drug once. But if they right. can get you on that you know, lifetime Netflix monthly mm-hmm. subscription, oh, yeah. they, can, they can get you to keep paying. And Healthcare their goal, goal, I think it's a bit of a conspiracy, but I think these pharmacy companies, pharmaceutical corporations, they want to get everyone on a lifetime prescription to something. And this can start as early as six, put some little kid on ADHD meds. And can you really get cured from that using those meds? I I don't think so. I mean, I, I had ADHD, but I was, my parents never put me on those meds for God's sake. And now I'm like, I'm very focused compared to what, how I was. And that was just through, you know, aging and just by, you know, meditation, changing my diet and whatnot, just, you know, some natural things like that. Meditation is very good, but ADHD, a lot of the scribe are just um, how boys are at that age. You don't want to sit in a classroom for eight hours a day and learn the alphabet. You want to go outside and break stuff and fight. Yeah, but hey, that's that's not that's not appro- that's not school appropriate, and I, you'd get written up for that. So there you go. That's what happens. But exactly, I, I, I don't think that's a conspiracy at all. Because, you know, they, there's all this processed food, and you have this incredibly sedentary, like, arduous and boring lifestyle, and then that, that repeats over time. It's not how a human's supposed to be. The human, the human animal is designed very differently. And then that basically confirms that you will get a serious illness. And then they give you these drugs, like you said, that treat the symptoms, not the, you know, not the, not the actual causes. And then you basically become a slave for the medical system because you go, you go, keep me in higher doses, blah, blah, blah. Maybe something gets taken out. Like maybe you need to get 
you know, an organ replaced and now, you know, it needs, it needs changes every two years. So, you know, now you're, you're permanent slave basically. And I, I do not know what's going to happen when, when that, like, will that crumble ever? It's really hard to say, but I do think you're right with saying how all these pharmaceuticals, agriculture, the corporate lifestyle, they do seem to converge and have a lot of overlap that supports each component of it. But I don't know, they can keep coming out with better drugs. I don't know if the bio modification will ever happen where people are getting stuff implanted into them, but they'll find a way to keep people plugged in. Yeah, yeah. Whether that's through opioids or the next best thing, it's, you know, because I, I feel, I feel if opioids get, you know, taken down, they'll find something else. And we're already seeing that they have phenylil, which is even stronger. And I think there was a new one that's even worse than that now. So yeah. I read on Twitter today, someone had a post that with some brain chip that trips dopamine in you you can turn on and off so you always feel good and something like that could happen i don't know damn imagine that just being plugged in you know you go to work and you just have that dopamine just riding through you the whole time in a way people are already hooked up to those systems they're just external you have the drugs people are taking ssris mm -hmm. um, social media in a way yeah do you do you have an optimistic view of the future in terms of you know the, the if if we can find if we can break through this and like you know increase our happiness get get healthier as a society all the all all the all the white pill stuff do you have a view on that I think it's possible on an individual level I think before people start worrying about society as a whole and civilization as a whole they really need to focus on themselves and that's to ask themselves, am, am I healthy? Am I able to support my life without relying on an income from someone else? And so when you have your health and your wealth, and it's probably good to worry about larger things, but most people, including myself, we just need to start getting those two things in line first. Yeah, right. It's kind of like what Jordan Peterson talks about, where these people, don't have their lives in line and then they, they're, you know, they're under 20 and then they go out and try to change the world. And that's just a recipe for disaster. And you see their poor health, their yes. poor physical health reflected in their politics. So right. your, your ideas are largely a reflection of your physiology. And so if you're sick, you're going to have probably sick ideas. Right, right. That's an idea. Because when I was in, uh, when I was in LA doing the hope, you know, doing videography for the hoax shoot, Mike Cernovich was hoaxed. I, there, was a, uh, there was a protest going on. It wasn't about hoax, but it was on the street, like a couple blocks down from Sunset. And, you know, they were protesting, you know, some rent things, just some, you know, whatever policy for, for the midterms. But it, literally everybody in the crowd was, like, deformed, overweight, like, sickly looking evil eyes like something was just something amiss with the whole group nobody that's just looked, la nobody look hell it's, it's either la or it's just la it's just la no but I, I get what you mean like yeah these people need to worry about their health and their money first i mean these politics none of this shit matters like get your health in order get your okay. you know, business, business up and running and 
can you, and can, take care of things. Can you give people listening a, a prescription or like maybe some tenets on what to do to, you know, get their life in order in a sense? Uh, stop jerking off. Boom. <laughs> right there. No fab November. Uh, definitely, definitely look into that. I don't know if it'll work for you, but worth trying. Doesn't cost anything. Doesn't take up any of your time. So it's definitely worth trying. Um, lift weights. I need to get back into that. I've been really bad about that, but that's proven to improve every, every facet of your life. I would say that's, that's, yeah, it's the iron pill. That's what I would call it because it just, everything from it, it's not just like moving weights and getting stronger. There's so much more to it. That just like, it just, it just builds and builds and builds. Your, you get, your physiology gets better. Your posture gets better. You think clearer. You, you take responsibility for yourself. You have to work on planning. You have to work on eating right. Like all these things come from it. That's amazing. That's again with the tangential learning. You start lifting weights. Maybe you'll start learning about diet. See? Truly, so, truly great. Another, another tenant, another health tenant. Get sleep. People say, oh, you only need five hours. You only need eight hours. Just sleep as much as you need to. I'm, I'm really sick of hearing about grinding and rising early. If you need to sleep early or need to sleep late, do it. I mean, and yeah. do what you need to do. But if you need more sleep, if you don't function in the morning, then get up later. It's hard with a corporate job, but that's why I think people should be building forms of income on the side. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you touched on something right there, the whole hustle and grind aspect, right? Mm. Do you think that's mostly a myth? The whole like, oh, you got to hustle, you got to grind, you got to work, you know, 16 hours a day on your ship. You got to just, you have to just grind and grind and grind. Do you think that's mostly a myth or just bullshit until like sell stuff? Mostly mostly bullshit to sell stuff unless it's your own business endeavor. If you're working really hard to make some other guy rich and you don't even have equity in the company, mm -hmm. that's dumb. Yeah. But if you're working on your own internet business, your own physical business, do you own that? Yeah. That's your thing. I, I, hard work's more valuable than being smart, especially when you're getting started. And once you put in, a lot of people are scared of putting in the hard work, but once you put in the hard work, you can start automating stuff, um, outsourcing tasks to people, uh, to people, tasks you don't want to do. Right. So you, you need to be hardworking before you can be smart. Right, right. Now, I think we've covered a lot of great material here. Facebook, do you have any final words for the people that have been listening? words look after your health that's your most important I don't even want to call it a resource it's probably the most important thing that's gonna be your foundation of everything you do and it's not worth trading for anything keep your health in check people Facebook it was really great to have you on hope to talk to you again soon my man absolutely great talking with you